The three jewels in Buddhism are the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. When a community, the Sangha, can't come together to practice, how do they exercise their faith? Today, Reverend Melissa Opal of the Spokane Buddhist Temple explains how her congregation is adapting to the pandemic. Welcome to Faves Forward, a new podcast about how faith communities are staying connected during this coronavirus pandemic. I'm Tracy Simmons. Reverend Melissa Opal, I'm the, I guess the the minister at Spokane Buddhist Temple. Uh, I always hesitate on that just because, you know, other temples that are in our sect have full-time paid ministers uh, at their temples, but, you know, I'm a, I'm all volunteer, so, uh, you know, Spokane doesn't quite we're not quite the same as, as some of the other Jodo Shinshu temples around, um, but we get lots of great support from uh, the BCA. So I'm always hesitant to be like, yeah, I'm in charge because I'm not really in charge, but I am in charge. So it's, <laughs> it's a weird, it's a weird mix of, you know, luckily we have an awesome board and I just have to worry about services. So it's uh, I think other ministers have to do a lot more of the other stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think that's one of the things that makes, the Spokane Buddhist Temple different from some of the faith communities in Spokane is that you are all completely volunteer. Correct, yeah. I understand you were recently uh, ordained, is that correct? Yeah, so last July, gosh, you know, it, it really feels like so much longer ago because so much has happened in between. Um, but yeah, in July, I went to Kyoto, Japan, and uh, we were there for like two days doing, oh, like uh, like orientation uh, and then we were in the training facility, the Nishiyama uh, training facility for uh, 11 days. Uh, and that 11 days is no cell phone, no electronic or outside communication, don't get to call loved ones, uh, completely isolated with just the, the training process. Um, and the days were really long. It was like from 5 a.m. in the morning until about 11 p.m. at night. Uh, and it was just packed of between lectures and practicing and doing ritual and making sure everything was correct. Uh, and then the last part of it, of course, was going to our mother temple, the, the Nishi Honganji temple uh, for our actual ordination process, which was just absolutely amazing. Um, it's, it's really hard to describe uh, if you haven't been there um, but they close the temple to the public and it's uh, in, in the evening and they close all the doors and the only light is from candlelight. Uh, and so you really can't see a lot around you. Um, you know, you can, you can feel the people on each side of you and you can kind of make out the people in front of you. Um, but it was a really intense process uh, for lots of different reasons. There was lots of tears and, yeah, it was it was an amazing experience uh, to get to go do that. Yeah, and I'm so glad you were able to do that before all of this pandemic started. Yes, yes, yeah. I was supposed to go again in April of uh, 2021 for my next certification as part of the kind of long-term ordination process, uh, but it looks like that's going to be postponed until who knows when. Okay, so what does that mean for for the Spokane Buddhist Temple? I, you know, ultimately what it means for the Spokane Buddhist Temple is that uh, I won't have my Kiyoshi certification. Uh, and really what that means is uh, we have to have special permissions 
for uh, weddings or funerals uh, to be able to do them without bringing an outside Buddhist minister in. So, so that's really kind of it. That's the only thing that kind of gets held up a little bit. Um, but with my Tokido ordination, I'm allowed to do all the, the other, you know, kind of day-to-day activities of the temple um, services going out in the public. There's special robes that you get to wear when you have ordination. Uh, and so, you know, that, that doesn't change tremendously past this point. So it's, so yeah, it's mostly just weddings and funerals. Um, but we also do things called uh, pillow services, uh, a mukuragyo service. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, it's when somebody's in the process of passing away that we, we go out the Tokido ordination allows for that to happen. So it's, so, so yeah, just those two items really. Okay. Um, that's pretty neat for your congregation. How big is your congregation about? Well, so we're probably, I mean, I think it's difficult in the sense of at the temple we do members. So, so members are people that pay dues because, you know, in Buddhism, there's not that same like 10% tithe kind of thing built into the structure but so membership is kind of how that is done um i think our membership is somewhere maybe in like the like the mid 30s maybe low 40s but for service we usually have anywhere from 60 to 75 people coming Mm -hmm. uh pre-coronavirus we get a lot of folks from the different schools that are maybe in a world religions class and uh you know i think we're still the one like the first one that pops up for Buddhism in the Google search in Spokane. So we, we get a lot of students uh, or just a lot of people like kind of curious and asking questions. Uh, but then we have that, that core um, group uh, of people and that's kind of that 30, 40 or so people. Okay. I imagine this is very different now than if you uh, can't have those guests come visiting you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've been really fortunate that uh, nobody's wanted to get married, and uh, <laughs> mostly we've been fortunate that, that no one has passed away. Uh, and, you know, we'll, you know, we're in the same situation as anybody in a, in a faith system where um, I, I'm not sure if they've listed the bans on funerals yet. But, you know, I think that that's still, we're, we're still constrained by that same sort of, if someone gets you know, terribly ill from coronavirus. We're limited, of course. course. So, um, but we're just going to keep hoping that everybody stays very healthy and that we just, that just doesn't even have to be a worry. Okay. And so you're part of the Buddhist Churches of America. Correct. Which is, um, is that a regional organization or is that countrywide? Yeah, so the Buddhist Churches of America is countrywide, so it's, it encompasses all of the United States with the exception of Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii has its own kind of overarching uh, entity that runs it. Um, Canada, the same, also uh, has their own um, sort of uh, hierarchy that answers to, I, I say answers to, but I, I should say more um, follows uh, and communicates with the Nishi Honganji in Japan on its own. So like, okay. so we have what are called, so this is always the interesting thing explaining Buddhist churches of America and anything with Jodo Shinshu Buddhism in the sense that, uh, you know, like we say Buddhist churches of America, 
but most of some of our temples are temples and some of them are churches um and the same with the head of the buddhist churches of america is the bishop uh which are very like christian american western sort of words but you know there's japanese translations for everything so it's actually socho uh is the the name of, of the the bishop's position which essentially means bishop uh but it's you know a lot of things were kind of uh, westernized after world war ii um because of the internment camps and so yeah at any point in time when we're kind of talking throughout this podcast i always like to remind people like yeah even though some of the words sound very christian uh it is very much a holdover from world war ii and just kind of not wanting to be the nail that's stuck out of the board after being released from the internment camps and you know you can imagine if your family went through something like that you want to uh, be perceived as as american as possible um so it made a lot of changes to the to the names and and kind of things that we call items within the the temple structure okay yeah i, I noticed that the very first time i came to visit the temple i was expecting to have to take off my shoes and sit on a right. zafu um, but it is very uh, western which makes it i think a lot more comfortable for some of those visitors absolutely yeah and it's very it, it was it was pretty different to you know go to japan and you know when you go into um any of the temples in japan it is just that you know you're taking off your shoes you're on tatami mat even in japan though they've started adding chairs uh to services because people aren't sitting seiza um and then for people that don't know seiza that's like down on on your knees sitting kind of back on your feet um it's just it seems like it's getting less common although still a ton of people are able to sit seiza for a long time um but you know it's it's a, a something that you have to your body has to be used to doing it so i couldn't imagine asking someone to come into the temple and kneel on their on their knees for 45 minutes or a half hour you know that would just be that would be kind of torturous i think for them <laughs> they would probably not come back <laughs> <laughs> right right so you're right now obviously everyone's meeting at home via technology and yeah. i noticed you're doing a combination of events that you guys are organizing and then you're also kind of tapping into uh bca mm -hmm. events yeah so that's kind of um like the so bca the there are temples that just have more volunteers more funds more you know just ability to do uh things really really well um, so our supervising minister is at the Seattle Betsween. Uh, Betsween is a temple that is over a certain number of people. And so they, you know, they were really lucky to have a generous donor that helped them with the technology side. So they're putting on these fantastic services that are kind of including all of the Northwest. Uh, and because even in within BCA, we're kind of in our own districts as well. So we're in the Northwest District, obviously. And so our supervising minister has set it up to work with um, the White River Buddhist Temple, the Tacoma Buddhist Temple, his, and then um, the, the one in Portland, uh, and I think even Idaho, Oregon, maybe. Um, and so for service on Sundays, it just felt kind of needless to kind of throw our hat in the ring to do services on Sunday via Zoom 
when uh, we don't really have the technology or that extra manpower that they have uh, in Seattle. So, so we decided pretty early on that we weren't going to do streaming services, uh, but you know, we wanted to still keep in contact. So we, you know, put those out for people, um, tons of resources from different temples. Uh, and then on Thursdays, our Sangha gets together uh, to meet and chat and uh, we're doing some study and chanting and uh, all the, the stuff that <laughs> is almost kind of contained within a Sunday service, just, just on a Thursday. <laughs> right. A kind of just dividing it up a little bit. Yeah. So, it's kind of neat. It kind of seems like the the churches and temples within the Buddhist churches of America are finding ways to connect maybe in ways those separate faith communities weren't connecting before. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we've heard from some temples that people are logging in from different countries to watch uh, the Dharma services. Um, people from different states where maybe there's not a temple available to them. Uh, which I think is really fantastic. Uh, you know, I, when you're in a a small, I, I, you know, when you're in one of the smaller major religions, there there's not just as many resources for you. It's so it's kind of pre-COVID. I, I think a lot of temples and churches felt like, oh, we can't do this. We don't have the time for it. We don't have the know-how. Uh, but kind of being forced into it, um, you know, it seems like just people are just coming up with really cool different things to do and different ways to express the Dharma. So I'm very excited that not only is it reaching beyond uh, the intention, the original intent, but it's also kind of like gathering this treasure trove of teachings that will be in digital form for a long time to come. So when people are looking for information on Buddhism or Jodo Shinshu Buddhism specifically, I think a lot more things will be there than there were even, you know, six or seven years ago when I first came to the, the temple. You know, there was just Wikipedia articles that weren't very well cited. <laughs> right. So now there's a lot more out there, which I'm I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, the, the resources are, are growing. And I noticed on your uh, newsletter, you even have links for uh, chanting services and, and things yeah. like that for people. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool, the, the stuff that's out there. There's even uh, one of my friends that I went to Tokoro ordination with is doing like a more video sort of stuff. And she started doing things like your temple minute. Um, you know, like any religion, if you grow up in it, you know, you just kind of, I think, tend to walk through the steps and maybe you don't investigate why certain things are the way that they are or what they mean. Uh, and so for her temple in uh, Tri-State, Denver, there's a lot of, you know, old, old families that have been there for a long time, but they don't know maybe what like different items are on the, the Nijin, uh, which is what we call the altar area. Uh, and so she's been kind of going through those those things. So even even our longtime members who've been Buddhist since they were babies uh, are, are learning things as well during this COVID. That's really neat. That's a positive in all of this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned you're doing the weekly, I guess it must be via Zoom, like everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For your members. So the Sangha is one of the three jewels in Buddhism. So can you talk a little bit about the importance of still finding time for your community to come together and gather? Yeah, I think that for Spokane Buddhist Temple, 
Um, you know, we have a very mixed sort of membership and sometimes I, uh, you know, being the, the the person in charge of the services and, and, and that sort of stuff, you always want people to really love and rely on, on uh, the Buddha and the Dharma. And, you know, you just kind of, I think, take the Sangha piece for granted in the sense that, you know, you're coming together every Sunday. Um, you know, we have a lot of things built into the health of our Sangha. So, you know, there's snack after, uh, there's lots of ways to get involved, all these different things. And so when with COVID-19, you know, not even being able to like go and, and see somebody and be in, in space together, um, it, it really kind of really showed how, how important the Sangha is to a lot of us. Um, and it's, you know, you you miss the people that you are in a faith system with. Um, you miss kind of having that weekly time together where you're just with people that are in the same mindset, um, that are kind of striving for the same things. Um, and so it's, yeah, I think that it's really shown how important it is. And so I look forward to our Thursdays uh, just to, you know, see faces and be able to talk back and forth and um, have the time together. And I think in Buddhism, you know, it, Buddhism has always really talked about the importance of the Sangha. Uh, you know, your reliance on those other practitioners is what makes your practice richer. It, you know, like you, you get to have those conversations about why are we even chanting? I don't, I don't get it. And then you, you know, you, you sit down and you chant together and, and you feel that connectedness that happens when your voices are moving together and and you're reciting the teachings and so yeah it's I think that COVID shows us how important that structure is and and in some ways it's really almost the thing that that keeps bringing people back is this like-minded group of of followers and yeah it's it's interesting. We were just talking this last Thursday about, you know, all these services online are fantastic. They're so great, but there's just, it feels like something's missing. And it, and it is, it's, it's because you're not, you're not together with the other people that you normally are together with. So, so it, there is a certain sense of, I guess, longing maybe to, to be back together. But at the same time, I think that nothing would be more devastating than, uh, somebody contracting COVID-19 and passing away because they came to a service. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know how you recover as a minister from something like that. So I'm, I'm happy to have our Sangha at home and safe and at least till we're, we're over a few more hurdles. Right. So, yeah. Right. So even though the president has said houses of worship can gather together, you guys are going to keep your precautions in place and continue to gather digitally for now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have no intentions of uh, opening anytime soon. I feel like the state hasn't really given guidelines for churches specifically um, and what they want to do with that. Uh, we've heard heard and seen different things on kind of chanting and singing, uh, what, what, you know, the, the droplets and, and things with that. And so ultimately what it comes down to uh, at least for for me, because I can only speak for myself, is that, you know, none of us are 
want for us it's Peerland, so none of us are just want to go to the Peerland tomorrow. So why why push it? I have my own political feelings, and uh, I'll just say you know President Trump can can say what he wants to for himself, uh, but until he has to look his people in the eyes that that come to your temple and know health and history and, and, and those sorts of things. Um, and when it makes it on a more personal level, uh, I don't think a sweeping statement is appropriate for everybody and, and it's not appropriate for every state. And so I, you know, I feel like for us, what's important is when we do come back together, keeping our Sangha safe and healthy, you know, we can make do until we can be together again. Because the point is, we want to be together again. Uh, we don't want anybody to get sick or or pass away. Um, so we've, you know, we've had different conversations about what we'll do when we do return to service. Um, the things that kind of seem to be on the forefront is that we would still ask people to mask up uh, and provide masks uh, for for people that don't have them. We're lucky that we have a nice kind of side yard. Uh, next to the temple. So we've talked about doing outdoor services and limiting uh, the amount of people for that. Uh, so, you know, we're we're kind of trying to brainstorm and, and figure it out. But yeah, safety first, and then there'll be plenty of time for, for gathering later. This podcast was recorded a couple of days before Washington Governor Jay Inslee announced that houses of worship in cities that had been moved to phase two could begin gathering again. Guidelines for worship include wearing a face mask, social distancing, a sanitization plan, and in-person services are limited to 25% of the building's capacity or 50 worshipers, whichever is less. Right, and I think a lot of faith communities are trying to figure out the singing part because singing and chanting is so crucial in so many sacred settings. Yeah. Uh, and that's turns out to be very dangerous right now. Right. Well, <laughs> and for and for Buddhism and for our sect, there are certain things that make a service a service. Uh, and chanting is one of those. It's, a, it's actually, you know, a requirement for service to, for service to be service, um, to call it, to call it that. So then the question is, you know, do you call it something different on Sunday to kind of meet the, these requirements or, um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not too sure yet. I, yeah, I have my own thought, like questions and trying to figure it out too. And, uh, you know, I'm okay saying that I don't have an answer yet for it. Absolutely. I think it's something we don't have an answer for immediately for until we figure yeah. more stuff out. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Has your community found ways to stay connected in ways other than uh, Zoom? I know I've heard of drive-by, you know, birthday parties and <laughs> Sure. Like yeah, you know, our <laughs> I think one of the things that, I've discovered uh, out of this is our sangha is very self-sufficient. Uh, so even the people that are like missing people, <laughs> it's still just very self-sufficient. Uh, so, you know, there's been, my wife is fantastic at sending out cards and postcards. And so she's, she's done that to, you know, let all of our sangha members feel heard and, and uh, thought of, which she's she's so great i'm i'm so grateful that she did that uh you know phone calls just staying in touch i think maybe some of the old-fashioned ways uh you know it's not very often that we seems like we talk on the phone anymore but now now we do talk on the phone (laughs) and then you know some of us have like 
maybe met at the shop for coffee and you know keep our six foot distance after we get our our coffee to support some local business and and still kind of catch up with with folks but that's been very far and few between sure. uh, i would say mostly you know texting phone calls yeah. uh, cards okay yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're right you guys are right there in the pear district and yeah. <laughs> you're you're an essential you're a key part of that community that neighborhood yeah i was really i was sad that you know the perry street i think got canceled completely um i think unless i know they were talking about maybe september at some point in time but yeah we miss being part of the community as well um our board and our religious education committee often after meetings would go over to lantern or you know south perry pizza or the brewery and you know just spend time together and support our community and one of my really close friends opened wishing tree books in the the perry district and we had these great plans to do story time with the kids on Sundays and because the weather was going to be nice and you know walk them up from the temple to the bookstore and so yeah it's you know we miss we definitely miss our community for sure yeah I understand that even though obviously you're not going to meet in person I saw you're still kind of potentially planning for your summer rummage sale yeah uh <laughs> I think it's one of those things that things are, are still kind of being left on the calendar but with that kind of impending thing of oh, this is probably not going to happen. Uh, and so, yeah, we're definitely like kind of brainstorming. Okay. If the rummage sale doesn't happen, is that something that can be pushed off until, you know, the fall, what sorts of things can we do? Because not only, you know, are we missing out on fundraisers, there's also really important events that happen for us in the, the summer months. And so the Bonadori dancing, uh, that we do in um, like end of July will most likely be completely canceled this year as well. Uh, and, you know, those are, you know, it is what it is. We're, the the fundraisers, you know, it hurts not being able to do them, uh, but it also hurts not being able to do the important holidays uh, for us too. So we've already, we've already missed some pretty major holidays in, in our sect, but um, it is what it is. Uh, so we'll we'll see on the the fundraisers. I we'll, I think we'll all be surprised if the rummage sale happens. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, you're right. I mean, donations are down across the board for most houses of worship, but I'm sure you guys are feeling that too. So there's probably some pressure on <laughs> fundraising a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think it's more one of those things that it's in the back of our mind. But you know, our sangha has been really great about still sending in donations. Uh, and so even though we're watching kind of our deficit grow, um, which I'm sure like all places of worship are right now. Um, it, it just, it just is what it is. And, uh, but it's still a small price to pay for keeping our sanghas and congregations safe. Maybe you'll figure out a way to digitize the rummage sale. You could do it. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> there you go. So you still have a building to maintain <laughs> during yes. all this, even though you're not physically there and you are all volunteers. So how are you guys managing that? Or you have volunteers doing the landscaping? and? Yeah, so we're kind of in the process of figuring out our, our landscaping. Uh, and what it sounds like is what <laughs> we're going to have, you know, volunteers come and do so like kind of on their own time 
and you know weed as they're able and and uh but there's you know been a small chunk of us that we go down and we water the plants and we take out the trash and check the mail and you know we're doing building checks on it uh luckily several of us are very close to the temple as well my wife and i are are just uh up on the south hill and and a couple temple members are in the the Kindle Yards area. So between us, we, you know, kind of take care of the day-to-day sort of things. But yeah, there are definitely bigger projects that are problematic, like the weeds and <laughs> uh, getting weeds out of the gravel and, and mm. that sort of stuff. But, you know, I, the major stuff at least has been, you know, pretty easily taken care of just between the different Sangha members. I, I think a lot of us, when we go, we just kind of like to sit in the hondo and kind of stare at the the altar area and and just kind of hang out and so it's it's also a nice quiet respite too that's different from the quietness of being uh in quarantine it it uh i think it gives you i think those of us that are able to go and have been going it's a nice um reconnection that that maybe not everybody gets so it's nice to feel useful too to be able to yeah Yeah, I think that's the big thing is is feeling useful. I know for me, you know, I'm, I've gone from, I work full-time, but then I also take master's classes from the Institute of Buddhist Studies and then doing temple things. And then, I, then we have our own, you know, personal friends and family outside of temple. So, you know, we're used to being like very busy and, and I think that busyness gives you a false sense of feeling useful. Uh, and, and so it's it's been interesting to kind of take a layer out a couple layers out of the the day-to-day and so it feels weird not to be you know kind of on deadline for so many things and yeah so it's it's I think trying to find that still feeling useful Uh, I think the Thursdays kind of ended up being that was I don't feel very useful so let's let's do something about it And what type of work do you do? Um, So I work for a small wealth management firm. uh, And so I am what's called a portfolio manager. Uh, So I help uh, place trades in people's portfolios, keep it balanced, you know, help the advisors um, with their clients to on the balancing side of their portfolios and their stocks and and bonds and all that good stuff. Uh, So it's, it was kind of interesting with the, start of COVID also came a crashing stock market. Uh, so there was a lot of stress to, to begin with. And, you know, I think you just get used to it a little bit, but, you know, it's kind of the same. I, I think of my job as uh, very kind of similar as to the temple is, you know, I'm, I'm here to be a steward for, for people to, um, you know, help them retire and, and feel that safety just in the same way that, you know, you want people to find a faith system that works for them and, and that they feel satisfied and, and met on. So, you know, you, you take it a little bit personally when the stock market drops, just in the sense that, you know, these are people that you care about that you're working with and you're like, oh, no, I need to help you <laughs> make sure you can retire still. <laughs> so, but yeah, because, you know, we're very close with our clients and so we do care about them quite a bit. So. Sure. Yeah, but stress on both sides. <laughs> so how are you managing stress on both sides? Because you have a lot of people turning to you, uh, yeah. whether it's professionally or spiritually, for some guidance. Um, so I'm guessing you're turning somewhere for guidance in return. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think my, my wife and I are very reliant on each other. Um, she uh, works with at-risk kids 
and you know her her world has been turned upside down because of it too so you know i think it's just that matter of being able to kind of decompress with somebody and maybe have a good cry together you know we'll we, we kind of have a scale of like zero to ten. <laughs> zero is like you know I'm 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 feeling great. Everything's going fine today. It's almost as if there's no quarantine. To ten being like I, I'm not sure I'm not sure how this day is going to end. I'm feeling pretty, you know, emotional. Uh, you know, so when those days are like nines, eights, eights and nines, maybe a ten. Uh, I, I do think we definitely rely on each other. We have three awesome dogs that also help keep us busy and keep some sanity. Uh, but I think more importantly for you know both of us is we are very grounded in our faith system. And you know I think that chanting or watching one of the many Dharma talks that are out, connecting with a Sangha member, uh, just to you know chat and try to not talk about COVID, talk about something else. Um, we have a really great friend system as well that supports us. So, you know, you just kind of roll with the punches and try to find the healthy things that make you feel better and try to, you know, partake in those. Um, but I also think just that communication and just saying, being able to say to somebody out loud, today's not a good day. That alone takes a lot of weight off of it. Definitely. Um, being heard. And seen. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed the BCA is is providing seminars and stuff that are kind of like you said, let's take take your mind off of COVID for a minute. And they have one coming up, Seeing Shin Buddhism and Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited about that one. Um, that's my buddy Landon. Uh, Landon and I also went to Tokodo together. And so he's from the California area. He's at the Palo Alto uh, Buddhist Temple. So I'm very excited to hear what, what he comes up with. And um, yeah, this should be a fun one. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really, really neat. Are there any other upcoming digital events that you want to let people know about that you're excited about? Um, you know, that's the first one that I, that comes to mind for me is the Star Wars one. And then uh, Kenji Akahoshi, uh, I think on that same little flyer, digital flyer that went out is uh, also putting on um, a workshop. You can also connect with the Salt Lake City uh, Buddhist Temple, and they're doing a class every Wednesday night at uh, I think it's 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. Yeah, I think that that would be another one I would point people to. Uh, and then Orange County uh, Buddhist Temple has this really cool separate, like completely separate website called Everyday Buddhist. Um, and Everyday Buddhist, they uh, there's a bunch of like Buddhist classes that you can take. So you can, there's a bunch that are free. There's some that are paid. Uh, and so you can take a look at that. There's ones on happiness. Uh, there's some Buddhism in the movies, uh, aside from Star Wars. So yeah, there's, I would point people in, in those two, two or three different directions uh, as some kind of, I like the ones that I can do on my own time and I don't have to like commit. <laughs> so the, the everyday Buddhist is a good one in the Salt Lake City. Um, you can participate in that as well. They, uh, after uh, they do the live stream on that. Okay. Yeah, actually, now that you mention it, I think I've heard of Everyday Buddhist before. I think I just recently came across it. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty cool site that they've they've put together and just, you know, very experienced ministers teaching. And yeah, I think people would really enjoy it. Great. 
And if people want to, I guess they can still check you guys out, even though they can't go visit. Um, yeah. If you go check out your Facebook page and your website. Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, you know, we're, and we're kicking around some different ideas of what we can do to kind of do some of the things that are missing. Um, so like one of them is uh, Oshoko uh, is when we do we burn incense and gratitude and that's something that is done at every service and so on this last zoom meeting uh somebody said is there any way that we could open the temple for doing um oshoko uh, and people could just stop by and do it so we're kind of exploring that and figuring out how we can do that in a healthy sanitized sort of way so hopefully some other things will will come up and originally you know i was going to teach some classes uh, around this time and and we haven't quite talked about that yet if if we'll still do those or not but but we'll see I think it kind of depends on how long it takes for the temple to feel safe to open um, so there's still I think things that you know I'm sure like for many people we're still trying to figure out not sure when the when is the right time so Definitely. always changing <laughs> yeah it sure is yeah change is a constant <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um before I let you go, do you have any um, any Buddhist verses or scriptures you would want to point people to kind of while they're feeling this anxiety and this tension that's in our country right now? Oh, that's a good, that's a good question. Luckily, I'm sitting next to all my books. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if I have, well, you know, there's one that I, we use a lot, or I guess I use a lot uh, in our short meditation, which is, you know, yesterday is today, today is today, tomorrow is today. And I think that that's a really good one because, you know, just naturally as human beings, we want to know what's happening in the future. We want to plan. We, we want to kind of have this sort of control. Um, it's just natural. It's just, you know, I, maybe some people don't have that instinct within inside them, but I, I think most of us do. And the unknown is a lot of what causes fear as well. And I think the reality is, is that if we can just focus on today, today is all that we have. It's all that we're promised. Uh, and I shouldn't even say promised because it's, you know, anything can happen at any time. We, we don't know. We can't take it for granted. And so it, it, it's also a, a nice reminder that today is also all you have to do. You know, to do, tomorrow will be different. I don't know if it'll be different better. I don't know if it'll be different worse, but it'll be different. Um, you can never have the same day twice in a row. And, you know, as much as COVID-19 and maybe being stuck at home and, and all of these things where it just feels like we're kind of on repeat of Groundhog Day, you know, we're, we're really not. Every day is different and unique and we can pull something different from it all the time. Uh, and we'll come out of this changed, you know, whether you have more gray hair or, or not, or um, is yet to be seen. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're, we're constantly changing. We're not these kind of statues that, that don't age or weather or anything like that. But so you can come out a completely different person after COVID. Uh, and it's up to you who you want that person to be. I think that there's still a lot of time here before life resumes, however it's going to resume, to take some time to reflect on what are the things that I want to change in my life post-COVID. 
uh, what are the things that I want to change in my community, in my own Sangha? Uh, how do I want tomorrow to be different when it comes? But for now, yeah, today is today. That's that's what we have. And uh, I hope people can feel some sort of, um, I don't know, some sort of ease within that. Uh, it's a little bit, uh, I guess, like in AA, you know, they'll say if you can't do a day, do an hour. If you can't do an hour, do a minute. If you can't do a minute, do a few seconds. And I think that that's uh, kind of a universal truth. Uh, at least in terms of Buddhism, it feels like a universal truth that you don't have to worry about anything else other than this moment right now and yeah. experience this moment fully. Mm -hmm. Live in the present. Yeah. Yeah. It seems so simple, but it's, it's really easy to forget. To lose yeah. <laughs> I think the easiest and simplest things are sometimes the hardest. Yeah. Definitely. Well, anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? No, I mean, the only thing that I would add is, uh, you know, if you are struggling without a faith system, um, and maybe you're coming to this podcast out of curiosity, or you're, you're, you know, kind of scouring the internet, trying to figure out, like, what you want life to, to be, if there's a hole missing, and, and you're trying to fill it, check some of the stuff out that's online whether it's the the buddhist churches of america um if you just go to their website uh, all of the links for everything that we talked about today uh is all contained within that site but check you know use it as a time to virtually check out all the different churches and faith systems uh it's an excellent time to if you're a little bit shy and um don't want to travel outside of your comfort zone you have an opportunity to do it digitally i think a face system no matter what you subscribe to can really help um it can really you know help in not just in times of need but can, can give some structure if you need it uh so use it use this time to answer some of those questions yeah i think that's good advice i know i'm definitely spending time more time than usual watching Dharma talks and, and stuff. So it's, I've been enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great time to explore for sure. That was Reverend Melissa Opal asking listeners who they want to be after the COVID-19 pandemic. Thanks for listening to Faves Forward, which you can find on our website, SpokaneFaves.com or on Spotify or Apple podcasts. If you'd like a house of worship featured on the show, email Tracy Simmons at SpokaneFaves.com. We'll see you next week.